0: In this episode of Butterfly Let's Talk In Depth, we're talking to Cara Webber, whose job it is to help people understand how to keep their online experiences safe and positive.
1: I'm a senior education advisor for the Office of the E-Safety Commission, or E-Safety.
0: We know social media sites can be drivers of negative body image issues, and we talk about it all the time on this show. But according to extensive research, young people are particularly at risk. The internet is packed with unrealistic images and ideals, and they can be an incubator for mental illness, including eating disorders. In fact, in particular eating disorders. But so short of just shutting down all of social media, which is obviously never going to happen, what can possibly be done? Well, Cara says a lot is being done, and one of the main focuses of the safety Commission is to look after people's mental health and well-being.
1: Uh, You could almost say that the whole, all of our education and prevention programs around e-safety are focused on the health and wellbeing or the mental health of all Australians, but particularly young Australians. Um, We focus on that predominantly through schools and through the types of education that we Um, put forward via schools, uh, but also through our messaging and campaigning directly to young people um, and their parents and significant adults that they may work with in their lives.
0: How is it that social media is affecting kids in such a negative way?
1: Well, oh, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because young people developmentally um, are going through really rapid changes. There's so much um, going on for them in terms of um, seeking a sense of belonging, looking for validation, um, I guess, experimenting with their identity. And the amazing thing about social media is it Give so many positive opportunities for those normal developmental behaviours to to play out. I think the problem is sometimes what we see is it can exacerbate certain impulses or certain tendencies for young people during their developmental stages, um, and that's the area they're the areas that we tend to try and really focus on. The natural experimentation with risk doesn't necessarily equate to harm, so that's where we where we try to intersect um, our education is that it's very normal for young people to be trying things out to be finding their tribe online, to be finding like-minded people like it is for all of us, but we need to make sure that any um, potential risks that they're taking online and risk can really assist with growth and development, um, we make sure that that doesn't actually equate to harm So when we look at the type of education that we we talk to parents about and young people about, it really kind of distills down to a set of really core values, and they are things like making sure that young people really seek out trusted adults or trusted people in their lives to talk to or share with when something has gone wrong in online spaces or in offline spaces, that they um, shake any stigma around um, reporting Um, negative behaviours online that they see and that they do seek
0: support. So what are some of the most important things that we can start teaching kids early on when they first start using the internet?
1: So much of it is about critical literacy um, and being able to give young people the skills to unpack content that they're seeing. And that really needs to start um, in the early years. So as the moment a young person is starting to be literate or cognizant of the world around them, we need to give them the skills of unpacking content that they see. And that will include visual imagery right through to written text. So being able to read or view images for agenda, for being um, how they've been composed what the author or the um, creator might be trying to achieve, um, the ability to identify falsehoods or misinformation um, and making sure that as they progress through their primary school years and that their secondary school years, that their ability to unpack or, unpack or deconstruct information becomes much more sophisticated um, as the content that they may pursue um, deliberately or unintentionally they when they come across it they actually have the ability to to look at the credibility of it or understand what might be leading its composition.
0: and so more specifically how does all of this affect kids who are more vulnerable to eating disorders? In particular,
1: so much of it comes down to the way that we represent, I guess, um, gender identity. So right from an early age, looking at the ways that we typically present masculinity and femininity, for example. So if we can help young young girls to look at the way that they that femininity is presented to them, and the fact that they are kind of surrounded by quite a glamorized or sexualized culture, and helping them to understand that that is just actually one one way that a, a, a girl or, or, or femininity can be. So the skills to actually unpack their own, their own gender. And similarly with um, the way that masculine identity is presented to them. So understanding that, okay, so you might be surrounded by cartoons that are presented in pink or girls are advertised to for Barbie or for other very pink related kind of girly toys that that is only just one way of being a certain way so even right from the very young ages helping them to unpack the way that they are advertised to via toy catalogs would be one really quick simple way of opening up that conversation about well why why is why are you only um, why are you pitched to in this way what are they trying to suggest um, and I think for girls particularly um, knowing that they are more likely to face eating um, it's really important for them to, write from uh, from an early age, be presented with multiple forms of what can be beautiful, what um, what's important about um, their identity and how they see themselves as women, and it's not necessarily just a one a one lens way of actually seeing themselves.
0: We know that every day there are hundreds of instances of young people who are suffering from eating disorders going online in like an almost Self-destructive kind of way to hear from people who don't have their best interests at heart, who are in fact encouraging them to kind of make their problem worse. Is there a way to prevent that kind of thing from happening?
1: Yeah, it's a really great question. One of the challenges that we face is that so much of the content that gets hosted or posted um, happens overseas. So you're dealing, dealing with cross-jurisdictional issues. Um, it's not as easy as regulating globally. Um, so we can only kind of focus on content that is produced and uploaded in Australia. So when it comes to young people seeking out certain types of information, again, it comes back to um, giving them the skills to understand that um, it's okay to be curious, but certainly they might find themselves actually entering into spaces that make them feel uncomfortable. Or if they are finding their sense of identity by being able to find other people following those same hashtags or um, joining communities that they are, making sure that they are countering that with um, talking openly or candidly with adults around them about what they're doing, making sure that they've given the skills to actually deconstruct what they're seeing as well. I think we can continue to put pressure on social media companies to have a sense of social responsibility with being um, quick to remove content that may be harmful or um, negatively impact um, a young person who is particularly vulnerable at that time. I think one of the biggest issues that we face is that there's just such a huge amount of content that gets uploaded to social media every day, that um, unless we've got human moderators who can keep up with that volume of content and are able to unpack that potential context and nuance around certain posts, um, until we get that huge volume of human, human moderators, and we're going to see stuff slip through the cracks. So with right. AI, trying to identify and automatically remove content that may be related to harmful topics, Um, it's very hard for AI to actually read nuance and to necessarily understand a backstory or why certain images or pictures or posts may be um, detrimental.
0: We know that there are some issues that social media platforms are really quick to moderate or prevent from being discussed at all, but it doesn't look like eating disorders in particular are on their radar in any significant kind of a way. Do you see that changing?
1: That's a very good point. I think if you look at someone like a platform like Instagram, they've been, if you were to put in a hashtag, say, anorexia in Instagram, it comes up with a fairly firm notice saying that this could potentially be harmful or distressing content. And what they've tried to do, rather than focus on the removal of inappropriate content, actually focus on building communities of support and... Um, against certain hashtags that young people may be seeking. So, for example, when you do type in anorexia, hashtag anorexia into Instagram, it comes up actually with um, communities of who are trying to further healthy eating, um, safe exercising, um, really supportive, I guess, tropes about how to, you know, feel good about yourself without focusing too much on the external. Um, And so I think they've switched their modus to actually being more about building communities of support than focusing on the onslaught of content that may be distressing for one person, but okay for another person.
0: Well, so obviously the wheels are turning and, and it's wonderful to see things moving in the right direction, but despite their best efforts, we still have a long way to go regarding safety on the internet. I don't know. Am I correct in saying that?
1: I think that certainly, and I think we're only just starting to understand what it is that we're dealing with such a rapidly changing and evolving landscape that where policy hasn 't been created yet, so the more we can future cast and the more we can actually predict issues that are around the corner or match what is going on developmentally with young people with the the potential impact of content, then we can start to predict and shape I guess policies and innovation around preventing issues happening in the first instance. So if I look at um, one of the Commissioner's initiatives, and that is safety by design, this is basically putting user rights and user safety at the heart of any innovations right at the point of conception, inception um, prior to development. So that rather uh, than us trying to retrofit or respond to issues that are raising their heads, like inappropriate content, harmful content, we're actually stopping the mechanisms of allowing potentially socially damaging stuff to appear um, in technology in the first place. I think what we really need to continue to do is um, really help young people to understand that there's no shame in reporting or seeking support. So when it comes to removal of content, for example, around, um, I guess, eating disorders, Often the stuff that we have removed, which could be deemed as harmful or offensive to a young person or potentially damaging, has come as a result of bullying that's occurred after those images have appeared. So we're dealing with an issue where you've got young people who may be posting that against uh, with into communities, um, and then it's later on when those images are used against them in a form of bullying that we are then able to remove that content. So once a young person has reported to us that they are being seriously harassed, intimidated or abused, and often it's through images, then we can actually work to have that stuff taken down. So right. two things there. We, we need to make sure that young people understand that the stuff that they post can doesn't necessarily leave the internet and can be used adversely down the track.
0: So what you're saying is like once a line's crossed, platforms are taking quite decisive action, but until they get to that point, wherever that point may be, it's about education and kind of helping young people to navigate it safely. Is that right? That's exactly That's why you're a
1: journalist. And I'm not, not, you speak so eloquently. (laughs) Um, You know, that's exactly it. So we, um, all we can do, like, young people are going to make mistakes and they're going to um, do things that perhaps have put themselves at potential risk. We need to also make sure that if a mistake has been made or uh, a person has made the wrong choice, that they know that we help them to understand that they're not the sum of their choice, that we can continue to move on and grow from our mistakes um, and that if, like, if we get a young person to the point where they're actually removing themselves from like-minded communities or unsafe communities, that we're actually replacing that with um, other communities where they feel a very genuine sense of belonging. Because unless you do that, they're going to be reluctant to actually remove themselves from communities that are making them them feel good or making them feel seen in a certain way, whether it is negatively or positively. Yeah.
0: Or they'll like adapt and kind of get around whatever safeguards that you've put in place, right?
1: Certainly yep and I mean one thing that we know from parents apart from pornography we know that um, accessing inappropriate material content that may be harmful is one of the biggest concerns for parents um, so we know as a society it's actually something that we all want to talk more about um, and I think the more we all understand and learn then the more we're going to actually be able to see a generation growing up being able to to successfully navigate what they're seeing on the internet um, I think. Yeah. All of us as perceptive adults are able to see when a young person's been affected by something or if we see a change in their behaviour, that's when it's really important for us to step in and say, hey, I noticed that you're feeling looking a bit sad today or you seem a bit flat, it looks like there's something on your mind, do you want to share with me? Of what's going on um, and hopefully if you've kind of paved the way you'll have a young person opens up to you about stuff that they might have come across or searched or has made them feel bad um, and then you can help them move on from that so it's mm-hmm. about open lines of communication giving the skills to actually deconstruct content continuing to understand that we all actually have a part to play in navigating the content and the I guess the world that we create in online spaces
0: uh, one thing that's been coming out in the last couple of years is there's this a, an even more dark, sinister kind of risk that a lot of kids face, where you have grown male predators who are preying particularly on young women who have eating disorders because they're so vulnerable. And this is something that Dr. Sukasukanason, who we've had on the podcast before, has looked into extensively. And it it this is terrifying. Aside from kind of telling kids to watch out for them, is there anything that can actually be done?
1: Uh, we certainly know that online predatory behavior can, continues to be a huge problem in Australia as it does worldwide and we do know that young people who are more vulnerable offline will also that that vulnerability will translate to online spaces as well so we definitely know that unfortunately our young people are all targets for unwanted contact or grooming um, and often this happens because the groomers are very perceptive um, at, at targeting who is showing vulnerability or who might likely respond to, I guess, their approach because, again, that young person is looking for a sense of belonging, um, validation, et cetera. So, yes, certainly we do know that that's an area that if you've got a young person who is vulnerable, you need to make sure that they are given the skills to actually be able to see when someone is trying to take advantage of them. And, again, that comes down to conversation, education, repeated messaging. Um, and feeling as though that young person has somewhere, someone to access should they be confronted with inappropriate or unwanted contact, and removing the shame around that as well. We know that it happens so frequently um, that it's not necessarily because you've put an image up of yourself, you're not not to blame, it's the other person is to blame for contacting you, they're they're the person that's in the wrong. So helping young people to see that adults or people who are older than them um, are often the ones that are they're the ones that are in the wrong not the young people
0: thank you so much for your time Cara really appreciate it if anybody has any concerns or they'd like to find out a little bit more about how they can keep people safe online how do they get in touch with you how do they find you or find you know the any of the teachings from the eSafety Commission
1: if a young person needs to seek support or has something that they wish they Wish to report to our cyber bullying line or our image-based abuse line uh, they should go to esafety.gov.au uh, there's various sections on the website that will help them with different issues and there's also areas to report inappropriate or abusive behaviors
0: amazing Cara thank you so much
1: not a problem Sam lovely to talk to you
0: and if you're looking for support with eating disorders or negative body image the butterfly helpline is there seven days a week from 8am until midnight the number to call one 800 or you can go online to butterfly.org.au and you can totally chat online if you prefer to do that. If you like what we're doing here with the Butterfly Let's Talk podcast and Butterfly in-depth bonus episodes, please leave us a rating or leave us a comment on Apple Podcast. We'd really appreciate that. That'd help us out greatly. And as always, if you think somebody could benefit from hearing these kind of conversations, please tell them about it. I'm Sam. I can for more on me go to iconmedia.com.au. That's i k i n and until next time, thank you for your company.